Hello, everybody. It's your old friends. I'm Monday Madness, and welcome to the extravagant return of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Absolutely. We have been entirely too indulgent with our time off. Yes, we were having points, lads. I'm sorry we didn't invite you. Um, points are class. You have, to, you have to agree with us on that. <laughs> points are class. Um, but yes, yeah, sorry. Unfortunately, we did have clashing schedules, unfortunately. Um, uh, particularly Birkbox. So unfortunately, she's been replaced today by a 12-week-old. Um, which we're hoping he will give a lot of tactical insight because he you have been teaching the baby a lot of TFOIRL. Absolutely. So, he's he's uh, he's big on dribbling. Is he, yeah? Yeah, he's yeah, very big I, on dribbling. What's his XG like, do you know? <laughs> it's it's quite high actually. It, quite it's, high, quite high. Yeah. He overperforms it all the time. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> well, wait till he's stuck in a scattergram, you'll never get him out. But um <laughs> either way, lads, so like I said, it's it's been a time in football since we last did a podcast. So um like we don't have much of a structure for this. We're literally gonna go the full ninety minutes and see what what comes up in conversation, and using using the interval to our full advantage on that mm-hmm. one. And so I suppose Neil, um, how have you enjoyed the last bit of football since we last spoke? Well, Arsenal haven't lost a game, so I've been fucking loving it. <laughs> it's a start, uh, isn't it? That's all we can yeah, ask. Yeah, apparently we're actually good. Um, I've one podcast. I can't remember which one now. Um. Uh, stated that <laughs> he who was the interview? He was interviewing Andrew Allen, who's uh, mm. a common uh, fucking contributor around loads of Irish blog and uh, other Arsenal blogs as well. You'll know oh. him if you're into it. And uh, the first question he asked him was, "Are Ars- have Arsenal just been catfishing people? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, have they just been catfishing everything? So because they're just they seem really good now. I'm like." We've reverted back to a series of the old school four four two. Yes, um, we've got like just all these really young players pressing the living fuck out of everything, and it's just it's chaotic, but it's working. It's really good. I love it. Yeah, and uh, like, yeah, we're just we're blitzing teams and sitting back, and I'm not enjoying the sitting back part, but I'll take it no. when we're absolutely blitzing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like we're we're coming out of the coming out of the blocks and uh, just killing people off. And it's just mm. it's been great. It's been really, really good. Christ knows what will happen when we encounter a team who like can resist that initial storm a la Burnley. Yes. But, um, it's nice to say like everything's being refined, but yeah, no, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. Everything, every, all the lines are going up, so I'm happy. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I suppose like perhaps like we'll kind of take a refresher of the league table. So any kind of clubs that kind of catch our eye, we can talk about them. Um, your top four as it stands is Chelsea leading with twenty six. So they have a, I suppose a comfortable margin to Man City, both points and goal difference. They're uh, uh, joined with West Ham, um, which we will get to. Fuck man, we gotta talk about West Ham. We have to talk about West Ham. Like, we, it's like we have to sit down and tell our tell our kids about West Ham. Like, this, this <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, Don't, I want time, you to be careful. West Ham United. It's a guy called David Boys. All right. <laughs> he took his players on a magical land called yeah. It's brilliant because the second half of this podcast that I also <laughs> that I also listened to, they have like a soundboard board. Oh, yeah. One one of the things on the soundboard is like, you know, they were reviewing some guy on like Red Devils TV or something like that, and he was slagging yes. off Moise. It's like you are yeah, exactly. fool. You got on off the back of a legend, you know. <laughs> and now every time anybody mentions David Boys, you just hear it in the background. <laughs> you are a fool. <laughs> exactly, pretty much like that. 
So yeah, um, it, yeah, it's almost it's like just, in tune, yeah. It's fucking crazy. I don't know what's going on at West Ham? Actually, it's actually upsetting your baby more than anything else, really. The fact that it's a th- they seem to be a top four team. Um, I don't blame top three them. now, are they? They're top they're third, they're three, though. yeah. They have actually with the win against Liverpool, it's actually put them ahead of Liverpool in the league. Yeah, they beat they beat Liverpool recently. It's a goddamn yeah. like. very bizarre, yeah. Um, I have feelings on that match, but I will not. I will not. I will not. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, I, I don't. It, it would involve you know, killing it, a VAR referee, and I'm not. I'm not partial. Well, that, see, the funny thing is, right? Because I kind of think I know what you're talking about. And this is Allison fisting the ball into his own net. Yes, after getting clattered by fucking eight. See, here's the thing, right? I don't. I don't think that's a foul, and I am a goalkeeper. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't think that's a foul, but I think okay. the hand, but the tackle on Henderson absolutely did yes. red card, like. <laughs> In fact, actually, funnily enough, I actually think he should have gotten two red cards because he's gone in over the ball with his scissors. So he's actually committing a red card tackle with both his left and his right foot. Yes. So it's like, you well, because he be... slipped on the ball, it was accidental. It was absolute horseshit. I don't give a fuck. How did he walk for that? But in all fairness, now, like, as an Arsenal, like, we've, I've seen, like, some horrendous tackles just this season. Like, yeah, like yeah. fucking McCarthy's tackle on not even a tackle because he wasn't even attempting to the ball. He just boot sack it in the back of the leg. It was not only a yellow. You fucking lunatic. He's just milled him. He was fucking nowhere near the ball. He didn't yeah. even attack. He didn't even get the leg that had gone for the ball. He, he missed, missed the leg. The yeah. <laughs> he missed the leg that was going for the thing he was meant to be aiming for. And I was like, how is that not a red? That is fucking yeah. ludicrous. It was it, just it. so fucking stupid. And then fucking... Here, the, the tackle on the, the drag back on Aubameyang, which was then literally an identical foul done in the next game on the City game, and there was yeah. this ending off. And we're just like, there is literally no consistent. Like, if, if there was to be any true card this week over this month, it's got to be refs. There is just no consistency anymore. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree on that. I totally do because it was just the, it's it, it wasn't the fact that like what annoyed me more was the fact that, like, okay. Granted, we deserve to lose the game based on the fact that like, our midfield just didn't defend at all. And as is often the case is when we lose games because we don't Funnily defend. Funnily enough, I, I just want to intersect you there. Yeah. Do, you, do you think West Ham are good for the win? Because I do. Uh, I Here, think here's the thing. And they I, did the right things. I, I, that's the thing. Like, I'm like, as much as they really, really, really should have been down to 10 men. Relax. As much as they really should have been down to 10 men. I genuinely think they were good for the win. Maybe so. Like I think my my kind of takeaway from that match was the fact that like we again defensively we weren't very good, but like it was one of those matches where you actually were missing Wijnaldum, if you know what I mean. Because Wijnaldum gives that kind of midfield steel that maybe the likes of I don't know a Kate an Oxley Chamberlain gives you. Oxley gives you something else. He doesn't give you midfield steel. It gives you running in one direction, and that works for certain teams. The problem with like West Ham was that they have such a great like. Um, I don't know, rigidity in attack, if that makes sense. I'll explain. When they attack, when, when West Ham attack, they attack with a three all the time. Antonio, Bowen and Fornells always run almost almost like a defensive line. They always run serious break in the pay, like pace on that break. Yeah, really like serious good. horsepower, right? And even then, beyond that, then you have like your, your likes of your um, Kufal or, um, yeah, Kufal and uh, Cresswell then backing them up as, as fullbacks as opposed to wingbacks. And then, and then the midfield is like a shield. You've got Suchek and Rice. Very hard to get past them. So I think tactically they set up really well this season. 
and they got the players for it and they did got the form for it too. Um, I think with Liverpool, we just needed to take our chances and we didn't. You know, Mane had a very poor game and and uh, Salah could have actually got more than the goals he did get, to be fair. But um, yeah, look, I, look I, I don't mind the loss in a sense because um, I think out of the month, we've done actually really fucking well. If you look at the month we had, like we had Man City in that, man, both Manchester clubs in that month yeah. are more difficult like Champions League games as well. And West Ham really, I suppose like the Brighton game as well, were the only two blemishes on that card. You know, like if you told me you were going to get those points and those results, Champions League was out of month, I'd have taken it really, because there's still a few frailties in the squad where you are nursing a few injuries, and I think we got out there fairly well. Like um, now, this month is going to start out pretty tough again. We have a trip to to Arsenal, which should be very interesting. Um, but uh, but otherwise, look, I think we're we're okay now because the Champions League now is more at home and host. But we, we are still going to prioritize the competition for like monetary reasons. You know, like a win gives us a couple of million each time, each match. So it's oh, absolutely, to actually, yeah, you need to just go yeah. as far as you can on that. Exactly, yeah. And uh, even the group stages, like, if, like a group stage win is like three million in the pocket. So the strategy is very clearly, and I, I don't know if it's because like Chelsea just look imperious already early on. And um, I think our priority is Champions League for like monetary reasons. They want to get the prize money, they want to get that sort of uh, grunt out of it. Um, maybe it's a strategy. I don't know. Maybe they just think it's an opportunity. But um, but either way, I I don't know if we can. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to sustain the title challenge fully to Chelsea. You know, because I do, I just even look at them right now, like so even statistically and how they're playing, they're set up to be champions. If that makes sense, they're defensively really good, and like they're still managing to get results despite not having a out and out striker. Like both of their strikers are, are missing, so. Like I can't see them losing from this point, really, unless the terror, like tragic, happens in the squad. Injury-wise, I yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. They're just they're sort of doing what City usually do with this. It, that they keep consistency mm. while everybody else is losing their shit. You know, yeah. so like City are just, you know, they're weeble wobble. They had a really. Uh, did a bad loss to fucking Palace. They got all 2 0 and completely yeah. lost the plot in that one, which was hilarious. I love that. It was very funny. Um, I did enjoy that. You know, um, West Ham are stringing together some serious consistencies. But to be honest with you, right now, like, uh, City and West Ham are within a win of top spot. Jesus Christ, I'm saying that. Holy Not the same guys, then, yeah. You know, um, I'm like, what's even crazier is we could leapfrog you with a win. Yeah, you could. That, <laughs> that that's that's the weirdest thing. It's a very weird league this season because, like, so weird. Like, it's like all the um, top teams have, have kind of faced each other quite early, which means we've all taken points off each other. Like, we've had draws against Chelsea and City, hmm. but the likes of say your, your West Ham's have had like quite a decent start to the season. Their their Christmas is horrendous. But yeah. <laughs> um, and same with probably like the likes of say your your wolves and I suppose Arsenal to a certain extent you've had a you, you haven't had too many big games so far. Well, you know, playing so we, City and Liverpool. Yeah, so yeah, you're playing Liverpool now, but you haven't had like say like you have you've you beaten Spurs, so that was a that was an easy one in the sense. Yeah. But you haven't yeah. had like your Man Uniteds, your um. Chelsea's as well, so you, you haven't oh, had to have those actually, yet. To be honest with you, we're actually kind of looking forward to the Man United game. Oh, 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 you, oh believe me, you have looking December, forward to it. <laughs> that's second of December, man. That is second of December. Like, beautiful. I am love fucking love. really looking forward to this absolutely tragic pile of human wreckage yeah. that is Manchester United, and oh. I am fucking loving it. 
Uh, come here, listen, they're, they're next in the table. They're sixth place and they're five points away from Liverpool. They're already 11 games into it and they're already five off the Champions League. So, fuck it, let's talk about them because they, they have been a big talking point. We, I didn't have a chance to celebrate our 5-0 win um, on the podcast, so I'm going to just take this opportunity to... Ah, um... <laughs> oh, so good. Like, yeah. legit, like, it was one of those matches where, like, if we had kept going on, it could have been more. But we like much like the city game, they showed mercy on Man United for very cynical reasons. Fucking can't stand that shit. Like, yeah. I'm really hoping that, like, when we because it's second December, we get to them. I really hope we put them to the fucking sword. I really, really fucking hope it's so. entirely possible because, like, again, in fairness, you guys would need a goal difference as well. So there's a yeah, there's we're a all, oh, you know, couldn't yeah. we're even right now. We're, we've yes, got we zero goal difference. Thankfully, that win over Leicester. Oh, the win over Watford, Watford, yeah, uh, meant that we were <laughs> no longer for a while. We were the only team in the top ten with a negative goal difference, and I was like, "That's kind of embarrassing." And then Spurs <laughs> got into the top ten, and they they had a massive negative goal difference. They're, they're currently on negative seven, yeah, they're ninth. So I'm like, "All right, I'm fine," but I'm still not happy. And then we got into the top five. We still had a negative goal difference. God, this is <laughs> this is taking the pace lap. Yeah, and then now thankfully the one day win over Watford gives us parity <laughs> on goals, and we now no longer have a negative goal. Difference. You dodge yeah. that ball, lads. Uh, no, it's it, come on, it's fucking embarrassing, you know. Yeah, like, now Probably. Wolves and Spurs now on minus one and minus seven. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> how are you top ten? How can you be top ten? I don't know. Like I said, it's a very strange league this year. It's so um, fucking weird. But yeah, Manchester United, holy shit. Holy like, can we, shit. It is, like, I think, like, enough analysis is done on the United team to, like, say... I've never seen this been done before, have you? I've never seen a team so reliant on one player before. Ever, but that's the difference. They, like, like, they the didn't last... have to be reliant on them either. Fun, didn't that's the thing. Like, funnily enough... When I think about like teams reliant on one player, like I go back to Arsenal and Robin Van Persie. But I was like, mm. that was kind of like that, that was the quirk on the fact that we were paying off the stadium. We went in Project Duke, we couldn't fucking get anybody in. Yeah. That's why we were several and he was scoring like literally hatfuls of goals. Um and it was ridiculous. So I was like <laughs> they went out and actively went, nah, we don't kind of don't want Declan Rice, we want Ronaldo. It's kind of like, why? Why are you doing this? Why they haven't gotten rid of Ole? Like, I'm delighted that he's still there and I'm delighted that he's going to be there. Like, we played him in December. We're not going to play them again. The second match isn't until the end of March. He may um, be gone by that point. Say. There's a high chance he's probably going to be gone by that point. But yeah. there's a high chance now that he's not. Like, if they've not jettisoned, like, who are they going to get in instead of him? Like, they can't get anybody else, really, you know? Yeah. It's, that's, it's just that's so weird. Catch me that you have because a lot of, like, good managers on the market are now being taken. But now, but also, like, why keep him? Like, he is not the future of Manchester United. You are no. you are going to get rid of him. The results aren't going well. Get rid of him now. Why keep him? Like he he you are going to sack him. Sack him now. Don't sack him later on after he's won the team. Now, he's not doing a Jose Mourinho second season, mm. um, or third season or whatever the fuck. Third season, yeah. Third season. Yeah, he's not doing a Jose third season. Uh, but like. What the fuck? Like, there's just no rhyme, no reason to that team. I mean, like, he's even openly stated that he, he plays the team in a four-two-four. I'm just going like, okay, that's that was it. actually in the interview, in the pre-match interviews. It might seem like a bit of a four-two-four, but that's how it goes. Like, 
Are you fucking crazy, man? So that means anybody who fields three in the middle has you outnumbered. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking crazy. We're literally fielding four players. That is literally how like Liverpool beat them by like dropping Salah Mane into midfield because there was so much space. So they, much all space. All they had to do was play in front of McFred and they had the fucking game. They had the they had him like completely choked out. Oh, and man, that's the thing. Like, they were setting, you were setting up fucking beach umbrellas in the middle of the fucking pitch. And oh, for sure. Like, like I said, like, what if I just put a towel down, down here? Right here the first half. <laughs> like, yeah. We have the game that's right in the first half. If they kept the pressure on in the second half, it would have been 8-0. They would have kept fucking going. You know? Absolutely. But that's the thing. Like, like, I feel like, okay, listen. Ali is not a tactician. He's not a strategic genius. And unfortunately, the inexperience of the <laughs> coach. news as well. Water is wet. Sky blue. <laughs> no shit. But this is the thing, though, right? Like, I think we said this the last time. I think we did a transfer rundown when we we're talking about bringing all these players in. Like, you bring in the likes of Avran and Sancho and Ronaldo to win a Premier League. But the difference is that has to match up with the capabilities of the club itself. So, you can bring in like game changers like Ronaldo and Sancho and Varane. But the difference is if your manager is not able to make all of that work then it's completely fucking around. Well, here, to be honest, I don't think any manager could make a team that's just that ridiculously fucking lopsided yeah. uh, work. I, I, think agree the, too. I, th- I, th- I think the funny thing is, is that like, I think what they needed was they needed a manager who was able to turn around to the board and go, no, I don't actually want Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't need Ronaldo. I don't need Ronaldo. Yeah. Get me Declan Rice. Yeah. Because with Ronaldo now and with such a narrow midfield, they have to play really narrow. They yes. can't play any wingers. They can't play any wide forwards, really. But the problem is, is that all of their superb young talent, they're all wide forwards. That's in particular, the 90 million... The exact same way. <laughs> the 90 million fucking pound Sancho that you brought in from Dortmund who's not gone to the pitch. <laughs> like, what? what the fuck does he think? Like, What is going through his head? I'd fucking pay money to know what's going through his head right now. He wants to just be sitting there going, what the fuck have I done? Like, he must just look at his bank account and goes going, this has to be worth it, yeah? This really you has know, to be this, worth it. This is the, this is the trouble seen, with other guys. You see other guys younger than him making the England squad. You know, yeah. Bellingham's probably going to be in the England squad long before he is, i tell you that. Oh, yeah. Smith Rowe's been called up. I mean, I know he's yeah. on the bench, but he's getting a call up. It's not long before he gets called up. Ramsdale's going to get in there. Like, yeah. you've got fuckers from Arsenal getting into the England team who were signed up that nobody thought, that everybody had written off. Mm. And they're going to make a fucking, they're going to make the national team before you. You've not even gotten up to the pitch, pal. Like, oh man, he must just look at this and go, yeah, I'm not doing this shit again. Did he sign a four or five year contract? He signed a five year contract. <laughs> what but the thing is, like, again, like, listen, I don't think it's any kind of like surprise that like Ole in the end will still be just the kind of the substitute teacher and all this. He will be replaced by someone who actually knows what they're doing. But it comes to the point where, and we've said it so many fucking times on Man United, it's not even like no, we're not even joking at this point. Like they do not really matter about championship. Or at least, sorry, I'll rephrase. The Glazers, the owners of the club, do not really like find like success as winning the Premier League or winning trophies. What they see success is commercial success. They like to see shirts being sold. They like to see you know, like like algorithms and traction online. That's what they see as success. So even 
Man United being such a terrible team at the moment, it's probably given them good publicity in their eyes because people are talking about Manchester United. They're yeah, looking they're at what happens they're, next. They're trending on social media and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, they're trending because everybody thinks you're fucking gash, pal. But that's, that's all they see is a trend. Like they, They're not actually looking at the bigger picture. And, it, and when you're saying about like why did he keep Ollie in the job, their, like, their state situation has always been to keep Champions League football in play. And same with Arsenal when they were going through their kind of austerity period. It was always about the top four, keep that budget there. For Man United, it's about status. It's about keeping Champions League football on for commercial reasons. So when Moisey like, fell on his arse and, and didn't get Champions League football, once it was mathematically impossible, he got the sack. Likewise, when Mourinho's season went so badly that there was no way he was going to catch this to catch that difference, he was sacked. And they'll do the same thing with, with Solskjaer because that is their, their mindset. It's like once Champions League ta- money is off the table, then they, they get rid of the manager and put in someone new. But the difference is, what's your point? United, Who could they get in there to fix this? Yeah, but well, well, United, don't they? I'm like, they're, they're Europa League, so... Not the Champions League. Are they Champions League? They're Champions League, yeah. They're in the, they're in the group of young boys, Villarreal and Atlanta. Sorry, I genuinely thought that was the Europa League group. Oh, oh they will God. be in the Europa League. Well, here's the thing, right? Well, all right. This actually segues nicely into the altered question. They yeah. go into the Europa League. If oh. they win the Europa League, they're automatically into pot one of, of yeah. Jesus of all things of the Champions League. Do you think they'll give them till the end of the season to do that? They won't wait until mathematically. I mean, like, obviously, if he crashes out the Europa League early, then yeah, obviously they'll fucking. Mm. They'll yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be a saving grace. They'll be like the, the back door in because yeah, it is like, like Champions League. The Europa first. League final occurs after the end of the season, doesn't it? It does, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's a tricky one. And and, that, and that's the thing, like, yeah, like I, I do feel like Man United is just like their their corporate ambitions are just their their main ambition. And Solskjaer is in there because he's he is a club legend. Like, he's not there for his tactical genius. He's there because he's only going to Solskjaer. In the same way, there could be fucking Nicky Button there or fucking Paul Scholes. It could be anybody in that position. Wasn't Button one of the fucking assistant coaches? He was what for a while. Coach? I think he was, was a youth, youth coach. coach. Yeah. The academy, yeah. Yeah. And now, at the moment, like, it is a cross between, like, now, again, they're all like Man United alumni. It's Michael Carrick. It's Mike Phelan. It's, um, uh, Michael uh, Thomas McKenna as well. Um, so like they, they're all very outside of Mike Feeling, very young, inexperienced coaches, and these those lads are in charge of one of the biggest clubs in England. It's in the same way where like you were talking about the, kind of like your 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 grievances with football journalism. The criticisms that you're saying about Arsenal are exactly the same for Man United, but nobody is talking about Man United in the same way. They'll they'll give shit about Arsenal about Mikel Arteta being the manager of the team, but despite being so inexperienced. And Edu being director of football, despite being very inexperienced and being criticised. It's, it's he ran the Selicow for ages. Like for fuck's yeah. sake! Like. But, but here's the thing: that's that's the, it's a narrative, right? Because yeah, it's a narrative. It's a narrative because whenever weird transfers like that happen, like your Ramsdales and the Congas, and people don't see why, then they'll criticise going. But this this guy got relegated three seasons in a row. Blah blah blah. And then you look two, at two, United. yeah, two. That's Ramsdale. Yeah, he got relegated yeah. twice. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was getting his long deal as well but um, right, yeah. yeah sorry i should have specified but um but man united have exactly the same problem like they have a, a, a coach who's wet, a main manager who's way out of his depth you have two coaches who are supposedly trying to keep the ship afloat training wise completely out of their depth and you have a director of football who's so out of touch with what the club actually needs 
surely that doesn't count as footballing experience. He's just signing big names and hoping the manager makes it work. So the exact but surely the reason why they got rid of the last guy. You know, yeah. that's why they got rid of Woodward because Woodward was just bought. Yeah, bought. But what woman is still there? He's still making decisions. They haven't got rid of him yet. He's leaving in February. So he's still there until fucking the January window. Where to what's gonna happen next? Are you gonna sign somebody? No, they've done their business, they're happy with what they have. They're not signing Declan Rice because he's not a big fucking name. He's not a brand. Declan Rice, they need Declan Rice. They need a they need he defensive is killing at our West Ham. Like most of a lot of West Ham's success is attributable to him literally. Uh, Rice is done basically. Rice has now firmly kind of he's starting to push into that Vieira mold, whereby yes. he's able to dominate an entire game pretty much from the center of the park all by and himself. And he, he proved that against Liverpool, he was top of his stats on everything. He everything. broke down the middle. Sitting there going like, like any time the ball goes within fucking twenty yards of him, like you're just like lads, just turn around and run back because that's where the ball's going to be going. Yeah, <laughs> don't even don't even wonder who the ball's gone to because it's not going to anybody but that motherfucker. He's getting yeah. to everything. He's fucking ridiculous. He's really good. He's just playing out of his skin. He's rejected mm. a new contract at West Ham, so he is literally paying for his play. He's playing for his payday, and my yeah. fucking god, at this rate, he is getting a serious payday. It, 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 it's he's basically doing what Suarez team. did at this final fucking season at Liverpool. It's like yeah. right. You don't want to sell me? Cool. I'm going to play so fucking good. You have, somebody's going to come in with an amount of money that means that you have to sell me. And that's yeah, what that and, and that's is it. doing. It's like, I'm not signing anything more, but what I will do is I will fucking front up and get you the most amount of cash. But that mm. means I am gone. If Wrights is still in a fucking West Ham jersey next season, I will eat my hat. <laughs> it's, it's a difference where like there's only one club that actively needs them, and we all know it's Man United's. But the only people who don't know that are Man United. It's so it's fucking desperate. Bizarre. I don't understand how they don't know, like, yeah, that they need somebody like him. I don't. I don't get this. I really just don't understand how they're not getting that. It's so obvious. Well, and that's the thing. But that's that's my that's my point. Like, you see, the, 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 that club is not being run as a football club. It's being run as a corporate entity. It's being run to say, we need to get big names on the back of the shirts. We need to get Varane and Sanchez to sell shirts and to get traction they're not thinking in terms of building a good football team because that's not in their purview their purview is getting the brand out there it's in the same way like a a comparison i make was with liverpool back in the rogers era where they were not thinking like this we just said we just let let go of raheem starting we just let go of like luis suarez you need players to come in to replace them who do we get in do we get someone who's like similar to Luis Suarez in his molds do we who do we do get in to replace Jaheim Sterling do we get people similar no let's get people like people would know Balotelli yeah they'll sell shirts that that's that that's business that's traction it's like no fucking despite wrong. the fact that he's wrong your, despite the fact that he's somebody your manager has already stated in a press conference that they don't will want not be buying because he doesn't want to work with somebody who's that fucking crazy yeah, and that's the difference. But you know what the difference is? Liverpool have went through that phase of hiring the wrong people. And you know what happened? We learned from our mistakes. <laughs> we realised that when you actually have a coach in who actively says, I am not signing until you tell me, uh, until I get control of transfers, or we re- remold everything else. And here, listen, the reason why, like, the likes of Michael Edwards are getting, like, news alerts for him leaving Liverpool is because he deserves it. He is a good managing director. He knows how to build a team along with a coach. It's almost like 
it's almost like having a director of football working directly with a with a manager works really well for a football club. Yeah. It's it's crazy how that works. And and the thing is funny like, how that works, yeah. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing, like again, with an Arsenal's great comparison here because okay, you have Arteta and Edu, who are two people who understand the ethos of Arsenal. You have like ex players there who know what they're doing. Now, in a very weird sense, Man United have the kind of same idea, but they're doing so much worse because you have well, because a... they got they got ex players in who don't actually have a clue. Like Arteta, yes. like, even Wenger, Wenger always Wenger actually said this about um, Arteta when he was still a football player. Like he's mm. going, this guy's going into management. He's really fucking clever. He's yeah. super smart. Same thing about Mertesacker. Like Mertesacker runs our academy now. Totally overhauled the academy. It's fucking incredible now what he's yeah. done. Yeah at the youth level for Arsenal. And the thing is, like, they've gone, like, who ever thought that Ole was going to be a good manager? No one did. No he one has did. nothing on his, on his, on his, on his fucking resume. Their All he has is, like, yeah. it's just fucking ridiculous. Um, funnily enough, actually, here, uh, quick bit of a side, Bellingham's just been subbed on for England. Yes. So, yeah, I'm like, you can just imagine if you were Sancho, just looking at this guy, what? Why am I here? This is... Yeah. Bollocks. If I'm still one at one Dortmund, the moves you could ever make. I'm yeah. fucking still. Uh, I guess. Anyway, it's just know, a it, I, again, if he had if he had stuck the course, if he had stayed one more year at Dortmund, there would have been a call from Liverpool going, "We need someone to replace Mo Salah." Yeah. And and here's the thing, like, it, it's, you think it's, he's? Wait a minute. Hey, oh, here's a here's a home there. Do you think he's gone? Ah. Then by by that, do I? No, can I infer from? Can I heavily infer from that? You think Salah's gone? I honestly believe, and I, I'm glad you actually brought this up, Neil, because I didn't want this to be an elephant in the room. I think Salah will stay. I do think he will stay. And the reason I'm saying that is because literally... The audience held their breath. I honestly think, I think it's just down to money. I think it's literally just down to money and whatever happens this season. Do you think and they should break their wage back from? Yes. Look at the way he's playing. He's yeah, the fucking that, best that's footballer in the world. Because, he's playing because he's like, he's playing for that. He's like Rice, he's, he's playing for that yeah. payday. But, like, but look at look at the way he, like listen if he was like okay let's let me let me like frame it this way if he was shown the form he did say in like to say the first or second year he was here I'd say eh, you know what I, I I can see maybe we've signed him but I can see someone going in for 120 million but look at the landscape of, of football at the minute there's no one <laughs> it's, it's a wasteland it's not a landscape it, it's it's exactly that it is a fucking <laughs> wasteland. There is no team that's going to be able to subsidise a Bo Salah budget. No matter how good he is, every team has a superstar. You know what kind of way? There's very few teams that actually need to buy in a superstar. Now, Real Madrid is probably the closest. But even then, Real Madrid are just going to sign Kylian Mbappe for nothing. They are going to want to try and do those kind of cheeky, shiv-in-the-kidney type deals. Actually, but now, in all fairness now, Real getting um, Mbappe for nothing. Jesus Christ, that's a sentence. I know. <laughs> them getting Mbappe for, and I don't really think Mbappe is all that he's an exceptionally good player but I don't think he's yeah. as much a hot shit as everybody thinks getting him for free holy fuck yeah um, well that's the thing that's the difference you see got, there's going to be some clubs that want to play the game but, smarter but them them getting him in is Paris Saint-Germain's fault because they did offer yeah. 120 million quid for him I'm like because actually funnily enough we said this in our last podcast I was like they're offering 120 million quid for a fucking player in the last year of his contract who is actively not going to sign it. Like yes. He's not hemming Actually, and hawing about whether or not he's going to stay at Paris Saint-Germain. He wants out. He wants to go to Real Madrid. What the fuck are they doing offering nine figures for him? Are they fucking stupid? 
And then yeah. Barzaj Man go, no. I was like, what are they doing saying no? This guy's going to leave for free. What the fuck are you doing, you fucking dicks? That yeah. shows you how that, like, they're literally playing with the cheat codes because they've literally just they don't care. flushed yeah. 120 million quid down Jaxi simply to make a point about mm. one player. I'm going, no club can financially, not even Manchester United can financially afford to do that. And they're yeah. currently in a tug of war with a midfielder who does fuck all for them and is one of their <laughs> highest earners yeah. and is hemming and hawing about whether or not they want to give him a contract extension, which is the dumbest motherfucking thing they could ever do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think, like, because we had this kind of same conundrum with Wijnaldo last season where, like, where we should, should or not offer him a contract because it does seem to be, like, an internal policy. It's a very age-oriented like, policy. It's kind of a case of, like, you would have given him another contract. It's just what he was offered up. Bar- he's at Barcelona now. Paris Saint Germain. PSG. PSG. Yeah, what he was offered at PSG was literally what two and a half times what you were offering. And he, like- he was hoping for. Now his agent is Mina Raiola, so obviously his <laughs> cocaine budget oh goes God. a lot into play. Making so, that paper. So he wanted basically twice of what he was on already. So. So they, and listen, I don't, I don't mind that because, like, at that point, like he'd already won the Champions League, he already won the Premier League. So yes, he will want to get that sway. But a lot of other team, other players in that kind of category, if you like, your Allisons, your Fabinho's, your Robertsons, your Trents, your Hendersons, they are, I want to say, I don't want to say integral parts of the team, but their team, they're the they're the skeleton of the team. And with Wijnaldum, no, I think would Wijnaldum not have done that now? I'm like. Because oh, you, mentioned, you, 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 you mentioned that earlier on. You mentioned that earlier on with your fucking mm. the raft of injuries you're having in midfield. He was literally never injured. No, and that, and you know what? I'm, again, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to mention it. <laughs> the fact that, like, yes, the, the reason why we lost the West Ham game was because we didn't have Wijnaldum in midfield. Is literally the only thing we're missing is Wijnaldum, and it's this weird kind of like shadow transferring we're doing, where like we replaced Lovren a year late. And now we're going to probably do the same with Wijnaldum, unless we do something with someone in January, which is unlikely. Like, we should have got someone in to replace them, but we wanted to give Harvey Elliott a chance, which, again, broken leg, kind of scuppered that. And we wanted to give Curtis Jones a chance, and then he got poked in the fucking eye in training. <laughs> like It's like a curse on the team when it comes to just the number eight position. And Navi Keita is wearing the number eight jersey, you know. And again, he's injury-prone enough as it is. He is. And the other thing is, Kate has probably been having his best season for us, and he's oh, still no, fucking no, injured. No, no. <laughs> you know, he, he really has been. He, like the the, the the parts where he's on the pitch have been fantastic. The problem yeah. is he's not been on the pitch nearly not nearly as much as he's he should have been. Thiago. And here's like, the thing Thiago's about not this for us either. And, and here's the thing about when I when I hear because I, I know other Liverpool fans and when they complain about the amount of injuries they have in midfield, I was like, well, why did you get rid of Ronaldum? Yeah. Like he was literally the, the man was injury proof. It's about, it's like, the man was as about as injury proof as I've ever seen a football player. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I genuinely did not think yeah. that man could ever get injured. I was looking at him going, this guy is fucking not human. No. <laughs> and, that's the, and that is the difference. We will we will suffer for our sins in that regard in midfield. But we're just going to have to deal with it. We're going to have to live with it. When you, I'll go back to what you were talking about with Salah there. Like, you, I cannot look at the, the goals against Man City and the goals against Watford. And all the other incredible individual goals he's scoring. That's new. Okay, I, I want yeah, to say that. Yeah, he started new. to tweak that into his fucking game. And that's what yeah. I mean. Like, are you sure that's not like a. Yeah, hey, no, that is. Hey, that hey, is hey, it. Hey, do, like, yeah. if he gets that new contract. No, I don't think he will because I'm like, uh, all right, then we don't actually 
personally know these players, so we're taking a, a wild guess at personality. I, from my semblance of personality, I don't think Salah will phone it in after he gets his fat ass contract. No, like literally, um, literally he is. But I don't think he'll play. I, I don't think he'll play his guts out like he's doing now. But hmm. I suppose like you, but you are going to like breaking your wage structure is a big thing for a club to do. Especially for Liverpool. Thing. Liverpool have lived by the wage cap exactly. for since uh, exactly, football. and they yeah. have specifically waited until Salah's last because they don't want. If they are gonna fucking, if they are gonna break out the fucking paper for him, they don't want everybody else going. Well, hang on, hang on. You know, they don't yes. want anybody. To, they made sure they they've sent. They've made sure that everybody else's bandwagons have left the corral mm. long before they get around to fucking dealing with Salah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think like this is always the risk you run when you do have a team of superstars that are run by a very pragmatic group of people. Yeah. And in a sense, I like, I do like the way we run the club. I do like the fact that we're not just chasing paper and we're not just like desperate to, to um, ship off people when we don't need to and play money ball when we don't need to. Like Liverpool are being treated like an elite club because they are. Yeah. Like, again, much of the point is saying like, if Salah does, if, it's not, if, no, if, if Liverpool are not going to offer those terms to Salah, who else can? The likes of your PSGs, the likes of your Real Madrid's for sure, but they will have to fork up the money. Well, and, Real probably, Real won't. I mean, oh, sorry, they've they've staked their, they've put their flag on Mast and Mbappe. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, okay, I'll throw another team in there. If they, did, if they did get both yeah. of them, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw other teams into the mix there. Let's, let's just say the likes of your, your Bayerns and, and Juve's, right? Yeah. They're not in a position to really bid for Salah, in a sense, no. because, in a sense, they don't need them. Um, Bayern will 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 reap the rewards of the fucking Bundesliga. They'll sign someone like Haaland. They'll sign. They'll boost someone up like Musiala. They might fucking sign Sancho. You don't know. Juve will probably do the same with Serie A. They'll find solutions from within. They'll reap the rewards from the smaller teams. With Liverpool, when you are at the top, essentially you have to either like stay in the pot or get off. And if you don't, if you do get off, then Man City will take it, and Chelsea will take it, and Manchester United will take it. So. When you have a world-class player like Mo Salah, you do have to indulge him. You do. Because, like, he's 31, 30 at the moment, right? So a This new is probably his last big contract. Exactly. And you know what? For the sake of what it is, and again, let's face facts here. Like, this is an elite-tier athlete. Yeah. This is an abnormality in terms of footballer because, and again, there's very good examples of this. Ronaldo. You can see him across the way there. He's still playing full-time football at the age he is, which is like fucking 47 now at this stage, whatever it is. <laughs> Zlatan, another great example of it. Even in the Liverpool C- team, you're seeing James Miller still passing, still top of the lactate tests. He's like, starting to break down, though. He's starting uh, yes, he, at... When he got the hamstring injuries, like, yeah, no, you're retiring. That's a fucking... Yeah, that's, that's your that's hamstring is like, going. Yeah. yeah, that's it. He went down the tunnel, marked gravy, uh, fucking, oh, sorry, glue glue factory. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> did. Like, oh, yeah, I, is, when he, when he came going, in, got yeah. injured after, what, 60 minutes, wasn't it? He yeah, went down like him on as a sub. Yeah, that's what it was. He got about the hour, and I was like, <sighs> "Poor James, poor James." Everybody, I'm like, I, I was in a pub watching that as well, and everybody kind yeah, of went, yeah. I, "I kind of think that's him, though." Like, every yeah, all kind of grudgingly went, oh, oh, "I know, but I like James." You, you know, now everybody kind of had a grudging respect, and I do as well. Like, I think he's a man who's come through a lot, um, mm. but I, I, I think Milner's done. I don't think he can hang your hat on the cyborg. I think no. Yeah, he, he's. 
But I, and listen, come to his Terminator Genesis phase on this fucking. He's broken down. No, to be honest with you, I think Miller is done physically. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Like it's like and Camille, like he'll he'll have a he'll have a one or two spurts of glory over the season. But yeah, overall, like he's not a first team player, and you can't rely on him because not because of his age, but because. You do need something else in that midfield now as well, for different tactical reasons. They're trying to jazz it up a bit, and I've noticed that this season we're getting a lot more goals from midfield, which is big thumbs up. Mm-hmm. That's why we need to try and change the way we play. But that's again a separate issue. The one thing I would say about again my, my final word on the Salah deal is that there is going to be a lot of squad building happening next year, the year after, especially with the new sporting director. So he wants to get, put his own stamp on the team. It makes sense to at least keep some status quo there. If you're gonna keep Salah, at least allow him to, unless at least allow to complement the team, the players around him. Like Firmino, presumably was the first to go out of that outset, but you already have Jota already to, to slot in. But it would be nice to get a Firmino-like player to to supplement that. That would be probably the next thing. And then again, you're looking at the likes of maybe your midfield would probably look, be looking to get replaced. The likes of your Hendersons and and Milners would be gone. You want to get other players in there in that role. Then you might have the likes of your Manny. This is assuming that those players are going to go off because we said all the same thing about Firmino, who had a woeful season last year, and then suddenly he's back scoring fucking hat tricks. Like it, logic doesn't apply sometimes to these players. And all I'm saying is that like the natural, the conventional logic would be, oh, these players are getting old, they're losing their pace. Salah's thirty; he's got more pace than fucking anyone at the minute. Like he's yeah. skinning people left, right, and center. You know, so. I'd say, like, if you're based on performance, 100%, yes, deserve the contract. Give him whatever fucking money he wants. Because if you can tie him down for four years, if you're getting, if this is the level of Mount Mo Salah you're getting for four years, that's Ooh. title contention yeah. four years in a row. You know what I mean? And then he can go off and do whatever he wants to do. Maybe he wants to play for Real Madrid for a year or two when he's 34, when he's still, let's be fair, still going to be in good nick to do that. Mm. He'll still be a good player for, for a team like that. It's just that if these are his golden years, use them. You don't want to be the team that misses out on that, you know. And I think that's the that's the factor there. And the same way with Hend- like the Henderson deal was a lot more cut and dry in the end. A lot of people were worried we were getting rid of him because of his age. It's like he's the club captain, you fucking idiots. We're not getting rid of him. He'll retire with us. He won the fucking Premier League with us, you pricks. You know yeah. what I mean? He'll probably do his fucking coaching badges with us and all, like Milner will be doing. There is a progression in the club. It's about doing at the right time and getting the right player in. You know, most Salah will be replaced if they have a player to replace him. And right now, there's no one really out there that can replace him. I would have said Sancho, potentially. But Sancho's already made his bed with United, and he's fucking shit that bed. So that was the right decision to avoid him. <laughs> it actually seems like the bed shit on him, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Listen, I, w- I would have said the same thing about Werner. But Werner, again, opted for Chelsea, and that failed on his arse as well. So we've dodged bullets by sticking yeah. to what we've had. Well, it dodged a bullet with Werner Sancho hasn't even been on the pitch to discover whether or not he's a dodged bullet or not. No, I think I think like if Sancho went to you guys, I think under Klopp, Sancho would be like, "Yes, the fucking yes." Yeah. And you know what? Listen, it, it might still happen. Like he's still only twenty-two. He could go fucking anywhere. Like there's no rush. Like, and um, because again, our sweet spot, supposedly for transferring, is twenty-four to twenty-six. We're looking for players that are about to break out. Yeah. And um, like I'm thinking, the likes of Jonathan David for Lille. I mean, Gary, I think is the one we're looking to replace Firmino with. It was literally like carbon copy, the exact same type of player we're looking for. Yeah. And again, it's a French league, dirt cheap. You exactly. don't have to we were having actually, Funnily enough, before you hit the record there, we were having a chat that like every single piece of fucking Arsenal transfer news is about a new striker, Vlahovic. Yeah. Apparently, we're hard in for Vlahovic. Everyone is. 
there's a couple of the, every single every single one of them like there's a one or two of them i've stated that oh the deal's actually done yeah <laughs> like it's like now don't get me wrong i'm taking these with a quite literal flatbed of salt <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not believing any of yeah. more shit until i see the fucker in the jersey exactly but, like, no, it's, well it's said, weird yeah. it's weird for transfer rumors to be all this singular about one player i'm mm. just kind of going but also that's actually indicative of where arsenal are going now we do yeah. need new forwards you know so yeah. and, and like i said i think a lot of like clubs are thinking the same way they want to see they want a a club a a, um, a squad progression that's done in their style and that's fine like i do like like and when you do see teams that are run that way it really is like puts them away from the likes of like horror shows like man united who are just signing squad play good big names for the sake of it and you know i actually throw spurs in that category as well because they had a chance to shift offs came this season and they didn't take it and Depending on what happens with Conte, which we'll get to now. Oh, that's going to be fun. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll just get yeah. into it. Yeah, I'll tell you Listen, we're, we're, we're at halftime of this, of this podcast now, Neil. Let's talk about some of the clubs that have changed, right? Because there have been a lot of seconds since we left, right? Um, so we'll start off with Spurs. I suppose the, the most like inevitable of the sackings. When, when seventh choice in the shortlist gets sacked off after 11 games... Should we pretend to be shocked or would we feel sorry for Nuno? I was actually quite surprised by it. because, Well, I, first off, I was surprised that they even signed Nuno to begin with because they openly stated. Because be aware, Nuno had been out of a job for a while before they signed him. Spurs yeah. had sacked him off, I think, ages before, like months before. Yeah, he wasn't considered. He yeah. was, and, and they openly stated that they weren't going in for Nuno because he wasn't the type of manager that they wanted. Then they went through every single person on their managerial shortlist they all got rejected, and then they went and signed Nuno. There's a good, there was a good thing there. Um, I think Jack Pitt Brook said it there from the Athletic. And he's like, normally, what happens when you get rid of, you sack off a manager? You can go two of way. You can go one of two ways. This is somebody had told him this. Actually, a manager had told him this. Mm. Um, he didn't name who, but okay. You sack a manager, you can go one of two ways. One, you can get in another manager who, through sheer force of will and charisma can get an improvement out of players. That's a Conte, yeah. to a lesser degree, a Mourinho, uh, Klopp. You know, yeah. somebody who will come in and say, you will run or I will fucking kill you. <laughs> and if you don't run fast enough, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Somebody who will literally beat a great performance out of the players. Because some players actually need that. Some players need, they need to stick. They need to need stick, that. not yeah. the carrot. Then the other way you can go is the Howe, Eddie Howe way, uh, mm. the Ten Hag way. Somebody who, simply from being so different from the person before, with a more holistic building approach, with a yes. planned approach, who can explain to players and players like, oh shit, now I know what's going on. Holy fuck. I'm not just out here kicking this round thing into the fucking rectangle thing. Mm. <laughs> I now know what's going on here. And that's I now understand the football. Exactly. So there's a holistic <laughs> So there's a, you have, they actually, you literally have your carrot and your stick there. You know, yeah. you have the guy who gives them the carrot and it's like, here, this is a carrot. Lots of vitamins. Help you see in the dark, shit like that. And then the other mm-hmm. guy is, I'm going to hit you up. I'm going to hit you with this until you run. And, yeah. <laughs> and make what you was that, What was that joke from the, uh, from the thick of it? It's just like, I prefer the carrot and stick approach. You have a stick of carrot <laughs> up with theirs, and then with a the stick, and then with a bigger, rougher carrot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, that, that's it. 
But funnily enough, in assigning Nuno, Spurs had managed yeah. to do neither of those things. No, it was actually <laughs> like status quo, bizarrely. Not even a worse quo, because yeah. like a status quo, quo. <laughs> a, a worse quo. That's worse literally quo. what Nuno was. And that's the title David, of the podcast, you know, thank you. <laughs> David Squires like, used to refer to Nuno as Nuno Broken Spirito Santos. You know, like... <laughs> That's so sad. Because he, <laughs> he just looked fucking defeated on the pitch. Because like, he played the same way, the same kind of style that Mourinho did, but he didn't mm. have the force of will that Mourinho did to get people to fucking move. Yeah, he wasn't brave enough to attack. This is awful. This is terrible. It was so bad. But I think Mar- I think Conte is going to be a shit show there. I think that's all going to blow up. I genuinely do. I'm I not saying I understand I understand it. that anybody listening to this knows that I'm an Arsenal fan and they're just gonna go, Yeah, Neil, you're kinda hoping. Yes, of course I am hoping that it'll blow up. But I, I, I just Conte there with that team of players and sure fucking he looked miserable in the signing. He looked fucking miserable. Who signed on for an 18 month contract? Yeah, even at sixteen million quid. I, I, honestly, I honestly believe, and again, I, I, I waited for two cans to go for my first hot take. And um, he sees Spurs as a stepping stone. He won't last the eighteen months. Oh no, he, he, no, he's, he'll get an offer from a better team. He no, he's straight from that into the United job. He fucking heard it here first, yeah. pal. No I would, put, I would put money. Actually, Jesus, I want to look up the odds on that. Whether or not Conte bouncing to the fucking United role, um. I will, I will look it up, Neil. Carry on oh, talking. Please do, yeah. But, like, no, man, that's going to be a fucking... That's going to be a shit show. Mm. I can't see that anything. Like, he's going to look at those players and gonna go, what are you fucking... These people are shit. And they've mm. got no money because they're paying, they're paying off this huge stadium debt. Yeah. <laughs> this colossal... Like, he's not going to get the budgets. He's not going to get the players. He's no budget. He's no players. Yeah. Like, funnily enough, the budget was having no budget was the reason why he left a fucking first time in 22 years Skidetto. Was it 22 years? That inter yeah. one to Skidetto? Yeah, 20 years, yeah. Something like that. He left them because they had no budget. They told him, you will have a budget. And then they went in and went, oh, by the way, if you want to have a budget, you're going to have to sell off all these really great players that you fucking formed. And he's like, well, this isn't what we agreed on. I'm out of here. Mm. And um, so that, that, that's my point. Like, I was like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> there's no way that like Levi is turned or Levi whatever the fuck however you pronounce his name no, there's no way Levi's looked at him and gone oh yeah I'll give you 100 million quid come January <laughs> to, to, to do what you want there's no yeah. way there's no way that's happening it's it's fucking horseshit it, it, that's going to be there might be some improvement because he is actually a good coach but like mm. You know, like, you the way I look at it is like I think hand dog food to a fucking short term chest. It's still, yeah. it's still hot dog food. Mm. No, I, I agree. I agree. Look, the way I see it is, I think there will always be a short term, short term success. But with Spurs, and I think has always have been the problem. No matter who they get in, their ceiling is already established. You know, like they, the best thing to do is to win the UCL, and that is like. <laughs> That is as best as they can do because, like, okay, grab now. Come here. They could win a cup, right? They like again. I think they des- they are desperately. Here's the thing, right? And I'm not just using the old, really good Ars blog soundbite of it's the history of the Tottenham. Yes. Um, they're probably not going to win that because they've probably actually been not. playing. They they've been playing 
really badly in that fucking conference league. It's they they are, playing it's really, really, really fucking badly. shit. <laughs> They've been so terrible. <laughs> They've been terrible. I love how laughing for this. Is- this is awful. And if everybody says, oh, well, at least they're in Europe, I was like, nah, 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 mate. Nobody wants this. All right. If you ask yeah. any fucking Spurs fan, any Spurs staff member or player, would they rather be out of the conference league or in it? They'd want to be out. Nobody. So, you know, I had a, I had a look there for the crack about like next permanent manager, manager, and Brendan Rodgers is odds on. Oh, right? fucking why, Rodgers? Why? Right. Oh, God. You said Antonio Conte there. Yeah. Fifty to one. Fifty. As in five zero. Same odds as Rafa Benitez, Joachim Lowe, Arsene Wenger, Didier Deschamps. Diego Simeone. <laughs> like, as in for next year? Just for next for year? For next, next permanent Man United manager. What the fuck off? That's fucking... You're printing cash there. <laughs> your house on that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, come here. Like, yeah, about the content thing, like, uh, my, my thoughts are get the popcorn. Like, legit, yeah. like, I, I do not care. I, like, I do believe that, like, yes, there will be a vast improvement in Spurs and truth be told, I would have rather to face them under Nuno than it would have now because that would have been fucking a, a shooting gallery. <laughs> they were but, spiritless under Nuno. Yeah, quite literally. Um, but the one thing I would say is that, like, as I said, they have a ceiling. They are going to falter at some point. But the only thing I can really say about it is that Amazon picked the wrong fucking North London club to follow this season. You know what I mean? That would be such a fascinating trip to see what he is like on the training pitch. And, and here's the thing. I just want to see how those players react. Actually, funnily because... enough, now that you, met, you, now that you did the, the fucking quote from it, it would be kind of like a footballing thick of it. Yeah, it would be. Like, it literally was just like, you imagine him getting like stuck in an elevator and just going like, you fucking omni shambles, you know? <laughs> or fucking out on the train and pitch, I will force that pair of Dr. Dre beats up your fucking arse. I'm going to put that <laughs> bass on full. Let's see you fucking run now, you fucking little cunt. The like, ball boy. Fucking <laughs> he's gonna have to tell Delhi Ali to do like a 13 kilometers and he's just gonna get fucking laughed at, you know, kind of way. But oh, I'm gonna love him seeing him, like because Conte's famous for doing his like um 11 versus zero with the shadow matches. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. about these? No, to indulge us for the podcast. He gets, you know, he gets basically he gets teams to essentially play against their own shadow, similar to what boxers do, shadow boxing. Where you get a light behind you, you shine onto the wall, and you kind of you fence your own shadow. It's, it's, that's where the term shadow yeah. boxing comes from. But that's what it is. It's just a kind of movement thing. But he does it on a pitch with eleven players, where they're basically it's eleven versus zero, and they're playing as if their shadows are an opposition player. They're meant to yeah. imagine as if their shadows are an opposition player, glued to them all the time, and they're meant to play like that. And I'm going, what the fuck? Like, and he does these drills for like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently his first video session with them was meant to take 20 minutes. It went on for 75. Jesus. <laughs> so I'm going like that was the, 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 the that was the video session of Vitesse and M. Vitesse and M yes. game. Yes. That they won. <laughs> 75 minute video session on the game that they won. Now granted, holy shit, did they only just win it? Yeah, it was a three two with a red card. So yeah, I can see where you got seventy five minutes. Yeah, from. but like even then, like fuck seventy five minutes. I didn't even watch the game for seventy five minutes. <laughs> Did it go on for seventy five minutes? <laughs> yes, man, this is bollocks. But yeah, that was it. Like you know, and I guarantee he's just in there. He's just like, 
I'm on like what one point two million a month. Something like that, yeah. He's he's one of the highest <sighs> paid, so like he's not sixty million a year. Yeah, no, nah, it'd be less than one. It'd be about like one and a bit million quid a month he's taking yeah. home. I reckon he's just like just put the money into my fucking bank account and leave me fuck alone. I don't give a shit about these idiots. You're not going to do anything here. This place is garbage. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I think you can state the facilities. Like, like, none of these players are up to any kind of caliber, bar maybe Son. I guarantee he'll turn around to Son and go, you need to get out of here. <laughs> get no, I, I, and here's the thing. Look, I, I'm totally supporting him with that because if they are, if this, like, I think I was saying this to somebody over the week, if Spurs are so deluded to think that they are going to win a Premier League or a Cup with Antonio Conte, then they are deserving to be ripped off. They should have like fucking sold like sold in Bitcoin because it would be more of a fucking ripoff. There's, all, there's always that there's always that quote about like Maguire uh, about fucking Manchester United. If they spent the eighty million quid that they spent on Maguire on Bitcoin, it'd now be worth like eight hundred and twenty million. Yeah, you know, it made the wrong fucking invest. It really did, you know. And listen, like the the only thing I can say about the Spurs like um, job is that it's just gonna be fun to watch. It's just gonna be one of those things where like you're watching the plane slowly go down, like from a distance. You know, kind of way. It's like you're watching the Hindenburg. You're thinking, oh, that is a nice looking blimp. Oh fuck, it's on fire! Right, that's um, it's so beautiful actually. To be honest, it's so nice. Um, I, I suppose if we're going through the other clubs that have t- to changed their jobs, I think the most um, there have been a few seconds since we've gone, and we do. I know we do normally the P forty five crew, but again, until we get to a more regular schedule where we're only you know, so many bullets to get like, yeah, it's more, there's only so much in the cartridge, you know. Um, <laughs> but until we get to a regular schedule, we won't do the regular segments. But um, but I suppose the ones we could mention is like uh, there's actually a rake of them last week. To be fair, yeah, and uh, Newcastle obviously got rid of Steve Bruce, and now Eddie Howe is in. We have um, down the bottom, North City, who won their first game of the season and then sacked off Daniel Farquhar as a thank you. Oh, man, um, sorry. Now, to be honest with you, like, I, kind was of went, I, I was like, all right, I'm fine. I'm on. All right, I'm fine. I wouldn't have done it like that. I was kind of on the fence about it. And then I read the uh, article about it, about how mm. they went and did it. I was like, ah, now, lads, get the f- like, cop onto yourself. That was terrible. It was literally minutes. Yeah, they gave yeah. It went in minutes after, like, the only thing I, the only, the only more classless sacking I can imagine, I can think of in recent memory, was when Man United sacked off Van Gaal as he After won the FA them, Cup win, yes. As he won the FA Cup. The fucking champagne hadn't even dried on a suit jacket and he was being told that he was out of a job. And yeah. I was like, guys, could you not have even given him the fucking night? They literally told yeah. him as he goes. As he they, they made the decision before the match. They decided yeah. he was going to let go. So they, they were assuming that, that they would be beaten by Brentford, which is you know, insane for a football club to do. Like, what? As he's been sprayed down by his players with man, for fucking champagne for winning them. What is a fucking major trophy? Yeah. And yeah, I'm absolutely. Like, wow. Holy shit. Mm. You just don't have. You just don't give a shit about having any kind of class, do you? Like, no, no way. And here, and, and and here's the thing about it as well. the The thing about the Norwich job is that it is a po- it's not even a poison chalice. You're just going to get relegated with this team. It's just not good enough for a Premier League. No. Now, supposedly, again, late breaking news as of this podcast, Dean Smith will probably take that post. And you know what? That is a very good appointment because obviously he got let go of Aston Villa. Um, 
Villa, I think, had massive aspirations this season. I think they wanted to start knocking on the door. Oh, football. they really wanted to buy off way more than they could chew. Holy yeah. God, that's this season not the plan for them. No, and we will get to them in due course, but Norris will likely replace him with Dean Smith. Um, Watford, we didn't actually mention either, did their uh, annual sacking, which was uh, Zisco Munoz, and brought in Claudio Ranieri. It's like, oh, you brought the old guy from Squid Game into the Premier League again. That's really cute. No, I'm joking. I, I, I honestly love Claudio Ranieri. He is literally like, oh, he's the grand that everyone loves, and he won the Premier League. Did he didn't long. He's so cute. He's so, oh. Why are you going to get him sacked in six weeks? Like, why would you do that to him? Can't you know? sack him now. He's basically footballing Ned Flanders. And you know? that's the thing. It's just like, you are actually just going to look like the asshole if you sack him now. Like, you fucked it. You fucked exactly. it. Yeah. But I think the one, the, the one, like, I, I shouldn't come as a surprise, but the one appointment I do want to talk about first is the Villa job. So, Aston Villa did take off Dean Smith because of, of a, a run of what was five losses in a row. Fair enough. Lost um, five in the league under trap. Hang on, wait a minute. It's probably interesting to go back over, right? So you go back. Hmm. First one was a two-one loss to a Nuno-led Spurs. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, then he got beaten by three-two to Wolves. Lost three-one to Arsenal. Four-one hmm. uh, they got stomped by West Ham, and then the one that got him the thing was a one-nil loss to an abject Southampton. Um. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I can like I can see why they did it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and and here's the thing with that as well. You have like the person they brought in was Stephen Gerrard, um, which is a fascinating appointment. I have to say, it really is. Like, you, it doesn't really show you the kind of weird, like fucking like Mobius strip that this season is for Liverpool fans. If last season wasn't weird enough, that we like got Champions League football with fucking Nafta. Yeah, no, no. Like last ended. season, last season you're on mushrooms. Now you've upgraded to full, like full sheets of LSD. You are, you are peaking. You are literally seeing the light. You are this reaching the for the lasers. Crisis. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like this is like a seat. This is like the if we're if we're talking about trips here, right? Like last season was the trip. This part is the come down where we're being faced by ghosts of our own past. There's like people we've killed off beforehand, you know, kind of way. Like, oh, is, this, um, is this like the Haunted River in Metal Gear Solid 3? I was about to say this fucking sorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's dead parrots and snakes flying around. What the fuck it is? You know, sorry. So, anyway, so like there's going to be this season, we're going to be facing Rafa Benitez twice for our main villains, for our main nemesis. And Stephen Gerrard, our former captain, <laughs> managing a squad who beat us 7-2 last season. That is an existential crisis in all the football form. But then... L- but yeah, LSD is so literally the only thing that could prepare you for that. The only yeah. thing that could prepare you for that. It really, it really can. <laughs> and you know the, the funny thing is, like, I, I can either see it going really, really badly or really fucking well. And for just I, I think it's going to go really well for you. I mean... I don't, I don't you probably don't want to skip ahead. Nah, fuck, don't skip ahead. But like, sure. everything is shit. Villa. It's only how everything just dropped off a cliff when the Newcastle job was available. They'll, they'll come back good now. It's fine. No, they won't. <laughs> it, it, it's no. all going to be shit. They're, gonna, they're shit. Yeah. Both teams are shit. Everything are as pointless as they ever was. Mm. And uh, like, oh man, like, they got stomped 5 2 by Watford. 
terrible. I, they just fell off a cliff, like five two, and yeah. that's from a winning position. They were two 0 up with that. They were two 0 up. I know. <laughs> and and hit <laughs> by a hatchet by five five straight, They shipped five straight goals against Watford. Watford, who are two points above the relegation zone. It's fucking ridiculous. No, like you're not going to lose to Everton. It's going to be. It's just going to be a bit of a trip. Seeing. Yeah. Benitez in the opposite dugout, and then later on seeing fucking Stevie G in the opposite dugout. That's I it. Think it's You're going to win think, all yeah. four of those fucking games because Probably. everything is shit, and my God, everything is shit. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, right? Because, um, again, if you wanted to know what Steven Gerrard is like tactically, um, the Athletic have kind of got you covered in that sense. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, they, but then, like, they did a very good breakdown of what he does. Yeah, Rangers, on those Rangers thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, like, the, the Rangers team that, like, beat Celtic was a was a very good team, like, tactically-wise. Because the idea was that, um, now, again, if you don't know the Rangers team, it's mostly Alfredo Morelos and friends in that sense because he's such a cut above the rest of the squad. But they made good with what they had. So initially, like, he played what was kind of like Rafa Benitez ball, in a sense where, like, he played a bit of a diamond 4-4-2 and keep ball, keep defensive and so forth. But once they started improving the squad and they got, like, better better, better within, like Ryan Kent and uh, Ines Hagi. Now, again, you might think, okay, like, like Ryan Kent, it was like an out-and-out winger for us, for Liverpool. Always has been. He was born winger, like the most winger you've ever seen. But in Rangers, he plays as the number 10. And uh-huh. Enos Hagi is exactly the same, in the sense where he was like coached as a white player, but brought in as a number 10. So the way this works is, right, this is a, it, it essentially works as a, a, a number nine up front, two number 10s, two eights, and one six. That's your midfield, right? So the so idea logical. is that... Yeah, I, th- I think, I don't know if it was the Athletic or was it um, Tifo that described it basically as a rondo on the pitch. Whereas you can actually choke the midfield high up, the high up the midfield. We have your two tens, you can flat back into the midfield to, to, to stock up, or you can have the midfield break, whichever way you want to do it. And again, that is just the midfield we're talking about. So that's a very narrow set. But then you also have your fullbacks who... Okay, for Rangers wasn't a great example because they had James Tavernier, who was mostly the attacking outset. But in theory, with Aston Villa, you've got now both prongs. You've got Matty Cash and you've got uh, Matt Target or I think Calvin Ramsey's playing there now. So you've got options there to now have pinned the fullbacks high, low block, and then you have like a midfield five, potentially. So it's very much like a case of like trying to smother a team in the midfield and then pump the ball up to the three strikers, depending on who you have. But it's also then like, you know, naturally a, a defensive weakness is going to be there, much like the original Liverpool team now, you know. So um, it'd be intriguing to see how that goes. Um, yeah, like, I, and the, the one thing I'll also say about the Villa team is that like motivational-wise, they're covered because I don't think anyone's as wound up on the pitch than Steven Gerrard is, you know, kind of way. Like if no, he, no, if he's he like is, kicking every ball, he's making every tackle. Like, he's yeah. like, like motivation that he's covered. So, like, I'd be very intrigued to see how they do in cup runs, personally. Like, league, league form is always very good. But if you look at what he was able to do with the Rangers squad, like, I think they got to nine, or what was it? Like, uh, I'll, run a, I'll run the kind of stats here because he had like an incredible, like, cup pedigree, even in right in Scotland. Um, like, I'll try and see here. I think, like, in the four seasons, I think he reached nine. Semi-finals or not something like that, something insane. Um, 
so yeah, obviously he had the invincible season last se- last season with, with Rangers. Um, I'm trying to find the stat here, so bear with me on this one. But essentially, the 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 um, signs are very very good for potentially a good cup team because I think when I look at the Villa squad, you know, I, I would say it's a very cup, very very intended cup team, if you know what I mean. Um, and like I said, it's if the about that kind of formation I was talking about, that formation does suit Aston Villa quite well because you could run with a front tree of Ings, number nine, when he is back fit, and then Buendia and Watkins supporting. That's very fucking spicy. And truth be told, I thought that's the way they were going to play um, in the summer, but they didn't really get there in the end. Um, and then you have, like, they, they have, and again, Villa have a really low-key good midfield, um, just when they're being used the right way. Great centre-backs, good full-backs. It's a fucking good team. You know, and they do, they do just need they just needed a different approach, which they now have. You know, it's just a matter of case, a matter of showing if like Stephen Gerrard is actually up to the task. Is he able to to manage a Premier League team yet? You know, I think he will eventually, but it's more of a case of like, is it now? Is it time? Basically, um. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be intriguing. Um, is there any other of the managerial appointments fascinating you? How about you? What's your thoughts on the uh, Newcastle job going to Eddie Howe? It seemed like a bit of a formality to me, but I'm, I was surprised to see Unai Emery get linked to it. Well, not really. I'm like, Emery's a good kind of like, he can talk a good game. I'm like, apparently his interview for the Arsenal job was like second to none. They'd never seen mm. anybody come in so prepared. So I could see how he would work with people like the Saudis and Stavely. Yeah, but um, no. So I wasn't that surprised. I'm mean, like, when both himself and Villarreal, but they turned around and went, "No, this isn't happening." Yeah, how was the only one really? I'm mean, like, how's always how has been basically touted for every single managerial job that's been yeah. going for the last four years because everybody reckons he's the next big thing in English England managers, you know. Mm. I don't think it'll be before long before we see him at the England national team. I, I do feel inevitable, to be fair. It, yeah. it, it's it's inevitable. I mean, unless he absolutely fucking really kicks his fucking career off a cliff. Yeah. But um, yeah, like he's... And also, at the same time, he was getting a bit stymied where he was. So, yeah, like I... I, I see with a bit of a... With a bit of the cheat codes that Newcastle are going to have, he's mm. going to... You know, he's going to be able to do something well with, with that. It, yeah. It depends. It depends on what they let him do. Like, if they're like, we want literally to be in and around the top six next season. You yeah. know? Like, You'd like to think so, yeah. You no, know, but that's the thing. Like, I don't think that. I don't think that's realistic. Not even. Mm. Like, they, the, the rumor has it they're going to throw 140 million at him for the next transfer window. And I was yeah, I, I've I've been hearing need because of the you can, FNP you need thing, 40 million to fix yeah. that team. You know, look, yeah, I would heard I think because of the FFP they're allowed to spend 190 in January because that's at that's how much their actually revenue is. It's actually really good revenue for for a club like them. Yeah. So they're able to spend quite a lot. But I suppose like much of the points, I'm sure he they're being he's been told ad nauseum. You don't really need superstars right now. You need players that you can build a spine and you can get out of a relegation scrap, and then you can think about superstars next season or the season after. You know, it's a it's a lot more gradual than you think. Yeah, it's not really working as well. They they've not started too good with um Scotland, who've just basically won promotion to the World Cup playoff. 
Yes. Uh, see the thing about Ryan Fraser? No, what happened there? No, you withdrew from the Scotland squad because he said he was sick. Yeah. And then literally, like, the next day, photos of him emerged training at the Newcastle ground. And they were shown to Steve Clark, the Scotland manager, and he is unimpressed. <laughs> you can imagine so. Steve Clark is a very intense man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You can imagine that. That'd be, that'd be funny to say. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep... He won't... Obviously, like, how's he's not answering any questions on the owners... Um, that's going to dog him. Like He's going to yeah. need results on the pitch to stop people from going, oh, what about the owners? You know, have you not hacked up any people yet? Mm. Uh, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, that's just pretty much it. So, like, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think... It won't work this season. It's more for next season. Because yeah, I, I think the most intriguing part. They're going to have to give them one because that team is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure about it myself because, like, in a sense, I, I think he is like the, he is the type of coach that they they do want now. They want someone who is the opposite, the antithesis to Steve Bruce. Like Eddie Howe is your open, honest, like attacking football that you've been yearning out for. The trouble is that you're second bottom in the league in a class of like teams that have already started changing managers. So, like, Norwich will have Dean Smith in, who are a pure counter-attack inside. Burnley will have Sean Dyche and will probably have yeah, Sean Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, the only fucking managerial survivor out of all of them was Sean Dyche. Was like, yeah. Yeah, pretty much that's, that's it. Like, he is like a footballing cockroach. Like, you could nuke all of football to the ground and it'd just be him going. He'd still be there. You want what is a fucking tackle, son? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, the thing as well with that is, okay, you have now Villa with Steven Gerrard. You have Ranieri at Watford. So you have like two very motivational managers. Like again, someone has to give, someone's going to have to get relegated from that because the teams above that, Leeds on the Bielsa, Brentford with the Thomas Frank system, Southampton, you know, like like somebody, and then further on, Leicester, Everton, Palace. I've just gone to the 10th place there, you know? So there's not a lot of leeway in terms of like what you could do. There, there isn't really, season. but there, but like when you consider, when you look at that, right, Leeds are literally the model of inconsistency. I think they've been yeah. sussed out this season. I think people have them sussed. So like then they aren't finishing in the top half of the fucking table this season. And if mm. the results go badly for them, they could be in a relegation scrap. Brentford love yeah. to be in one. They've lost the last four straight um, by like, Bad margins. Like, well, they lost one 0 to Chelsea, two one to che- Leicester. They lost three one mm. to Burnley and two one to Norwich. So now there is a there is a reason for that though. They've Burnley. lost the Burn. They've yeah. lost the Burnley and Norwich, which are the teams below them. So yeah, yeah, they're picking up points from the teams above them. That's all right, but they're they're mm. shipping the six pointers for like yeah, yeah, I get you to the teams. Now, below again, them. I was just saying there the reason Brentford's like performance followed the cliff is because David Raya is out injured. Yeah, and their second street keeper is not good, unfortunately, and that's that's kind of been shown up why they're like suddenly shipping goals when they shouldn't be shipping goals. So in a sense, their whole team is now knocked out of whack. And I don't think David Roy is back until February, so yeah, it's gonna he be really a, fucked himself. Yeah, yeah, it was a four. It's a four month injury, so like I think he's he's not back until after until the new year. So yeah, it's gonna be very squeaky bone time for Brentford at the minute. But I, I, again, I do think quality wise they have enough. But like you said, one injury fucking derailed an entire team. It was like Norwich the first time they were there. They were in the in the Premier League. They had like five defensive injuries, and they were already relegated once everyone came back. 
you know? Yeah. So, like, not not the same problem this year. They're just shite. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, uh, I can't confirm. They are just shit this season. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, a kind of, it's, it's that kind of problem. At least with Eddie Howe at Newcastle, at least they have a chance to actually be, like, an entertaining team. And I think that's... That to me is like what Newcastle fans want to be starting off. They want to be entertaining again. They want to go back like, to the Keegan era of fucking yeah. fans. And you know what? And here's the thing: like that will probably get them out of trouble because, like, any because they do have the players for it. They do have, say, Maximin and Wilson and Almiron. Almiron like runs like a fucking madman anyway. So like, let them run in the right direction and maybe see where it goes from there. But definitely, like defensively, is where they can invest money in January to help that attacking side of it because there's no point bombing numbers forwards if your players can't defend for shit you know you do need better defenders in than fucking Javi Manquillo and unfortunately Kieran Clark as much as it pains you to say it you do need actually good players in those positions and they're available as well you know like a lot of people are expecting James Tarkovsky to sign for Newcastle because last year contract offered 30, Burnley 30 million they'll probably take it mm. same way like there's a, there's a good few fullbacks on the, on the market as well um, they well, certainly have a replacement for Wilson as well because like, he's just too injury prone. They can't. Yeah, I, I would. I would say that too. I mean, what, I mean, what are you saying that Joe Linton can't carry a score twenty goals a season? To, to no, I, the, I couldn't finish that sentence to, to either. Sorry. Great, no. To quote the great Roy Keane, if you're hanging your hat on Joe Linton, you've lost your hat. <laughs> Very true. I know. I couldn't even finish that sentence myself. I'm sorry. And also, um, they need a new goalkeeper because none of the three that they've got are actually any good. They're all. They're all at the same level, and they're all like very ropey. They're um, all at the same level, and the levels nowhere near Premier League level. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They're all they shit. Yeah. Fuck it. I could. I could definitely. I was like, give me six months of training. I could definitely send your CV in, man. Send your CV in. Like you never know. Like you know. <laughs> always help like you know but um but yeah like it's it, it, again interesting times ahead for those teams like they've, they've definitely picked the right international break to to start like culling the herd in that sense and like again it's it's like this whole like fucking it's like a it's like a shuffle for like the bottom half of the table you know um you mentioned kind of everton uh as a kind of big surprise of how bad they've been this season like because they started off so well and then suddenly everything is like derailed in like like fucking record time for everton um, but I think Leicester has to be kind of mentioned here as well. They have not been good this season. Like whatever issues they have, it's kind of like I don't know if it's burnout or they just have been not been able to put away performances. Just it's just been a strange one for Leicester, really. Um, but I, I like I don't know if they'll ever come good again. But like they're like twelfth doesn't seem right for Leicester in a sense. But then again, the mid table is so fucking strange that they could be sixth by the time the next fucking fixture comes around. You know, oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, they're, they're 12th, oh, well, sorry, 11th. Oh, sorry, the 12th only on goal difference, by the way. Yes. I mean, like, if they had a goal difference of plus two rather than minus two, they'd be 10th. Mm. So they'd be top, well, top half of the table, which I think would somewhat alter the conversation a wee bit. But yeah, no, I think with Leicester, Leicester were into that kind of, they're in a weird transition period where they're trying to bed in players to replace the guys that got there. Yeah. So there's obviously some kind of agreement there that Vardy has to be replaced within the next year or two. So they've got that yeah. guy. So they're definitely <laughs> trying to get that guy up to speed, but Vardy's mm. still kicking ass to some degree. Yeah. 
it's a trouble. I, I think as well they have made kind of tactical switches as well, and I don't think they've worked that well. No, none of the tactical switches they've made are, yeah. are have been any good. I mean, Arteta completely figured them out in their game mm. against us. Um, yeah, the midfield seems so fucking weird. Like, yeah. I, I mean, Madison's not getting his game anymore, which I found very bizarre. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I was laughing about that. I was like, wait a minute, everybody wanted us to fucking sign Madison. Then we played him, and it's like. You look at Madison now, and he can't even get into the Leicester team. It's like he's got no chance of getting into the Arsenal team. You can't get in yeah. there. Like he's <laughs> fucking shy. Like while well, he's been playing shy. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's just mad. I I think it's kind of like a bit of a bad, a perfect storm, and that like not a lot of things decided to go right for them all at the same time, and they're just like, mm. uh, no, nah, they're not. Yeah, it's it's like um, like the what the way I would describe it is like TV problems. It's like. They're trying to bet in new players, but it's not really working. Like I, I think uh, Sumari has been good, but the trouble is that like he's kind of coming in for Ndidi, and Ndidi was a better fit in the same way that Tielemans is now being played more advanced when Madison's a better fit. It's like it's like Rogers is preempting a problem that's not hasn't started yet. If you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I can get Daka coming in to replace Vardy, hundred percent. Like given the year to bet in, and then when Vardy does start winding down, Daka scoring like fucking four goals goals a game. Because I do honestly believe he can be that good. He's a fucking yeah, monster. I think he did a wee point on that game. Like he scored four goals in that one game, and every single one of them was a really precise, excellent finish. Like he wasn't mm. shinning them in with his dick or no. anything like that. No. He was finishing these things. I was going, this guy's a really fucking good footballer. How did they get him for like nothing? Like release clause. That was it. Twenty-eight million release clause. That's what we were looking at. Fucking hell! Like he is yeah. really fucking good. Damn! I was looking at this going shit. Yeah, so, I thought that was the thing there. I was like, yeah, yeah, they've signed him. They've not really played him, <laughs> and then he failed them in the Europa League game. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? He scores forward with game, and then they look at the goals. I'm like, motherfucker, those are really great goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's I suppose that's our kind of rundown of the of the, the kind of Premier League that's kind of caught our interest. We still have some time on the clock here, Neil. Um, <laughs> do you have a happen to have a card for us to share with the class? Well, my cod is, of course, sports journalism, because the whole concept of it, the whole not to solve. I'm like, I'm gonna take this from a wee bit of a team view, in that only to to date, as far as I'm concerned, only the three guys on Tifo Football have actually apologised for completely writing off every signing that Arsenal made at the start of mm. the season. Um. Because they've just like, yeah, look, what Arteta has asked to do and what he was, what he's done has been fucking brilliant. Like, it's been really good. Yeah. Um, in particular, now they did, they it was a general apology for all of the signings. In particular, like Tavares and like, and like, oh, I think Ramsdale was the one that everyone. Kind yeah, of I was about to say, they, and they we were all guilty in, of it as well. They focused in on Ramsdale, mm. but they did mention where I was like, I'd no idea who the fuck Tavares was, and holy shit, Tavares been fucking excellent. He's so yeah. good. He's been brilliant. A great backup um, for left back. In oh, sense. Like, so he's exactly cool. the player you want. Someone uh, a protege. Exactly yeah. what you want. Exactly what you want. Um, but yeah, it all focused in on the signing of Ramsdale. And mm. people were like, you've got Leno. He's actually a very good goalkeeper. Nobody was saying Arsenal's problem is that goalkeeper. No. Even the biggest Arsenal detractors were like, no, your problem is your defense is shit. Not your goalkeeper. And you've no you've no midfielders, so they're not being screened. Yeah, goalkeeper's still good. And so the first, one of the few first things that it was went down and secured a new goalkeeper. People were looking at them going, "You fucking crazy!" Like, yeah. 
what are you doing, you fucking idiots? Mm. And now 10 games in, uh, 11 games in, apologies. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's why. Because he's like one of those, brilliant. <laughs> it's like one of those weird times where, like, sometimes when you buy, like, a, a spine to a team, like, from DM to centre-back, it makes a goalkeeper better. Yeah. But this is one of those weird times where buying a goalkeeper actually improves the spine more. It, like, oh, works absolutely. all the way. It's very yeah, in bizarre. Particular as well, in particular happen. as well. Um, in particular as well, then then you've got the two guys in front of him, which is Gabriel and White. Now, Gabriel had a bit of an iffy first season. He yeah. flashes where people were like, this guy's brilliant. And then he was kind of injured. And then he caught COVID. So that's going to stunt everybody's growth. But he's been fucking imperious this season. Um, mm. Gunnar Blog on one of the Arse Blog fucking things said that he's a Chelsea supporting friend who said, yeah, I reckon you could put Gabriel to any elite defence in the league nay the world and he'd work it he is fucking brilliant and people are like oh the jury's still out and Ben White I don't think so <laughs> he's been fucking no. great for us I, I, and in fairness like, I, 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 I would have been one of those people to say like you know Ben White he's going to be okay he's a ball playing defender whoever he's paired up with is the issue but now you say you have the options. My problem with Arsenal was that there was just so fucking many defenders. You know, yeah. kind of like you have to justify playing them at some point. You know. Yeah. But um, the thing is, yeah. the thing is, him and him and Gabriel have formed a great partnership, and the two of them combined with seventy-five million quid. And I was like, and Tommy Yasu yeah. has been low-key really good at right back. Holy shit! Yeah, Tommy Yasu has been fucking excellent at right back. He's been brilliant. Yeah. Literally nobody's gotten past them ever. Like it, this is ridiculous. Like mm. how like um, it's like a surprisingly defensive back four, which is like again, like we like they were giving confidence to United for doing the same thing with Sean and Wambasaka, which are yeah. who are actually defensively quite good. But like when Arsenal do is like oh, that's strange because you're used <laughs> to Bellerin and Tierney. But like Tierney can do the defensive, like if you compare Tierney and Robertson, Tierney's a better defender than Robertson. But Robertson is bomber. He's a fucking attacker. He's a better attacker. So it depends on who you want. You know, it's it's bigger than it's bigger than choosers, I guess. Well, but the um, thing is that they're yeah. both quite good going forward. So Tommy Asu yeah. is very good going forward, and so Tavares Tavares is a unit. He's a fucking large guy. Yeah, Tavares, now, I do like Tavares. He's not click. He's not clicked in offensively. Tavares isn't. But like as a back, he's brilliant. You can see the runs though. You can see the overlaps. Oh yeah, he's fucking great. Mm. Like, but yeah. then again, because we've altered to a four-four-two, so we're not playing a four-three-three. So in front of him, he's not got like a midfield three. He's got actually a, a dedicated wide left player. The wide left mm. player on his side is Smith Rowe, who yeah. is killing it out on the left. Yeah. And the great thing is, with Smith Rowe on the left, you can move Aubameyang more centrally. With mm-hmm. Smith on the left, you've got the overlap, you've got the option. So, like, there's no more of that. Like, when Tierney comes back, there will be no more of the whole thing where Tierney bombs 70 yards down the fucking left flank and then looks around and sees nobody fucking Going there. there yeah. like, he will have the support because Smith Rowe will drift in, he will run the channels, he'll run those half spaces. He will love it. I, think it's, I guarantee you, probably Tierney's probably looking at this fucking Arsenal team and going, I absolutely cannot wait to get back. I just cannot wait to get back into this team because this yeah. team is fucking cooking. It's actually better than what he left it like in a sense. Oh, it's so much better. Like a month. Yeah. And it's just, it's fucking incredible. Like, you know, Saka is now back out. Saka is now on the right pretty much all the time now for a left foot player. And people are just like, he was tied around with on the left because he's a left footer. He went mm. right there. That's where he made his breakthrough. Then he got shift, shunted out onto the opposite flank. He really worked for Arteta there. Arteta was like, you're brilliant there. And then he made 
uh, decisions to move him permanently out to the right. Mm. And it's brilliant. It's worked so fucking well. And yeah, no, it's just, it's really, really fucking good. And again, you're talking about spine. There's a spine to the team. So there's Ramsdale, there's White and Gabriel in front of him. Yeah. Up for, forward there. And there's um, Laconga and Party. It's really fucking... And then up forward there, and further up forward is fucking Aubameyang and Lacazette. And as you've got... That's a great spine of the team. And Lacazette's playing out of skin. Lacazette's been mm. brilliant this season. So, so like, in a sense where it kind of ties back to your cod then, like, I suppose your kind of issue was the fact that, like, either the journalists either couldn't spot that initially or the fact that they don't really acknowledge the fact that it's working. Oh, yeah. No, no, both. Yeah. Like, all right, then. If you don't want to spot it initially, I mean, like, funnily enough, I actually I actually went back and listened to our old podcast when we were signing Ramsdale. Mm. And thankfully, no. I, I had opinions write, on him. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. No, thankfully, no. I didn't write him off. I just said yeah, the yeah. fee was too high. My, my issue with him wasn't that he was bad. My issue was that why are we paying 24 million quid for somebody who's going to be a backup goalkeeper for a season? Mm. That's a little too much for me because then the fee is going to write it. So you're basically paying 30 million quid for somebody who's going to play cup competitions for the first season. I was like, yeah. no, we can't afford to throw that money away. Now, I would have never seen what happened then. And like, fuck yeah, all right, cool. But I never thought he was bad. But everybody was like, this guy's been relegated twice. He's garbage. So, mm. No, he's not. He's fucking clearly not. And literally nobody's come out and went, yeah, actually, you know what? We got this one fucking wrong, you know? And it's just all of it. And as well about Arteta as well. Like Arteta has no idea what he's doing. He very clearly does have a clue what he's doing. He very clearly has a plan. The players have bought in, lock, stock and barrel. Everybody's all in. He's getting young, hungry players and they're ripping opposition teams. Not maybe the shreds for a whole 90 minutes. That's the... Yeah, the goal is you could still improve on, I suppose. But there's a hunger there in the the team. The team want to get at the opposition. And I've not seen that in an Arsenal team in a long time. And it's very obvious to see. And just the amount of fucking sports journalists who just wrote those articles and just went, yeah, that's it. He's garbage. Ramsdale's a fucking donkey. Boom. I'm off now to rummage through another person's bins. (laughs) I was like... You've got to fucking own up. If you say shit and it's wrong, you've got to own up to it. And just nobody, almost, sorry, apologies. No, almost nobody is. And there's the TIFO guys who just came out. And it's them going, look, got this wrong. We're really, really sorry. Yeah. Um, and even then, I was a kind of a half even, but fuck it, I'll take it. Yeah, it has made me realize how many, how, how many hit pieces were written about Arsenal at the beginning. Mm. And now that they've all been proven wrong, how nobody's come out and gone. Actually, you know what? I kind of might have jumped the gun on that one. It's that yeah, they don't Spot want to admit they're wrong. Now that's fair. Those guys. Um, I will. I'm going to dip into international football for my cards um, <sighs> this week, and uh, it's a very recent one because we, at the time of recording, had just um, a day removed from a home draw against Portugal, uh, and by and by. No means was a bad performance by Ireland. If anything, I would say they were the better team against Portugal. And our Portugal team that was rocking up with you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandes, um, Paulina, Danilo, Pepe, uh, all the trimmings, as it were. But if you were to listen to Liam Brady, it was the worst performance ever made. 
It was the worst thing we've ever done. We haven't qualified for the World Cup in a group we should have qualified for, and Steve Kenny should get the sack. So, <laughs> allow me to talk about vested interests in football, if you don't mind me saying so. Liam Brady <laughs> is an FBI mark in every stretch of the imagination. He's not a new FAI mark. He's an old FAI mark. And I hate saying it because Liam Brady is perhaps one of the best footballers we've ever had in this country. And it hurts the fact that there is now such a difference of opinion. That Actually, I'll rephrase that. It hurts the fact that Liam Brady can't tell that this team is now getting better as as a footballing nation. Look at what's happening with the male side. Look what's happening with the women's side. I'll throw them in here as well. Both both of those teams are going in the right direction. And Liam Brady is insisting on believing that results matter in the end. It's a very old school approach. It's an approach that got us absolutely fucking nowhere after the good times ended. You know, and in a, in a sense, again, it was I think it was Richie Sadie that made the point. Look at the players that we like, like Stephen Kenny has to work with here. There's very few Premier League players in that squad, and, and whoever they are are like fucking totems on that pitch. It's your Shane Duffy's, it's your Seamus Coleman's, Matt Darty's. They're all defensive players. We're playing Championship and League One SBL players in attack. Like Chucky Albene was was absolutely fucking brilliant in this game. Oh, he definitely he lost for, game. He plays for Portsmouth. League one, club doesn't matter. It's down. We have a defined system now. Again, I'll throw in the women's team here. There's a defined system to how we play. It's not down to who's the best players and put them on the team. It's down to a system. We'll criticize the likes of England for doing the same thing, except their system is fucking tedious. We're playing exciting, interesting football, and we're like putting the likes of Portugal to the sword. We could have won that game last night. Should have. I, I, think, I think that foul on that. Sorry, fell inverted commas on Ruby Patricia was bullshit. Oh, well, absolute bullshit. Yeah. Absolute bullshit. Actually, funny enough, it goes slightly back to the fucking the Alice thing. That yeah. many people believe that simply because a goalkeeper has gone for the ball, they have a divine right to it. It's like, no. No, you look at that. Time, and yeah. what, was it Keane? Keane who did the foul. Apparently, Keane, Keane yeah. was flat. Yeah. yeah. Keane just basically gets his body in the way of the ball. He just gets his body in between the goalkeeper and the ball. And you alone mm. do that. Like, that's not a foul getting in between no. a player and the ball. That's how you play the fucking game. Like, yeah. how was that flag? I was looking at it going, because now, funny enough, in real time, it did look like he'd fucking fouled. But then you watch the replay, and you're going, no, he's not. He's just gotten in the middle of the ball. Had Rui Patricio not been a goalkeeper, but instead had been a central defender, that, no way that was being flagged as a foul. No mm. way was that going to be flagged. But because he was a keeper and it dribbled and it went in, I'm going like, lads, that's horse. That is absolute horseshit. And yeah. So we should have won. We definitely should have won that. Look, if anything, like again, a World Cup qualifier is like you can actually you can actively track the progress of the team. And then we do have one more game against Luxembourg, and we can lose a four 0 and we can look like shit. But the difference is, my issue is with the analysis of the team because, again. The actual quality of punditry, like I, at one time I would have said the punditry uh, in Ireland was of a better standard of, say, England, because you had genuine match analysis going by people who actually had some incredible expertise in the game. Eamon Dunphy, you know, goes with the sound bites. But two of the greatest minds would have been John Giles and, and, and Liam Brady. And then being the puppet master of the whole thing is Bill O'Hurley, 
and they had a great chemistry. They were able to bring out the points in each other and argue. And within that argument, they're kind of like almost like a almost like a trial almost. They they burnt away until they had found the the problem with the team. And in a sense, those three lads found fault every single time with an Irish team. There was always something to criticize. And in a sense, that's a good thing because even with like the height of Italian 19, like USA 94. Amy Dunphy was given about how negative the team was. They were a negative team. They wouldn't play football. They were patronizing the team for how shit they were playing and all this sort of stuff. But then suddenly something happens in the, in the years that pass. First of all, we actually have a really good team. You know, the, the team that went to Japan and, and Korea, if Roy Keane didn't take his fucking ball home, we could have done something with that team. Um, and then that team wiltered and waltered away until we had Trapattoni in charge. And who did Trapattoni have in his backroom staff? One Liam fucking Brady. So much of the, the much of the point of Eamon Dunphy, you jumped the shark, bit. you jumped the fence, baby. So like the difference, and again, that was an FAI appointment. That is the most FAI appointment, the most John Delaney appointment you could get is to bring Trapattoni in to pat all the paddy heads on the on on their heads and go, here's how you qualify for a tournament. You don't play football. You're not good enough to play football. Listen You're to me. Shit. You're shit. We've been told. Irish players have been told for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years that we're shit at football. That that takes time to get rid of in that philosophy. And again, that's the same for the women's football. Colin Bell, brilliant manager, great manager, but played very pragmatic football. Vera Powell's come in and is told, lads, you're Holland, play. I was like, yeah. Yes, absolutely, I will. You know, but that's the thing. Like, there is now a desire now from both teams to play football because they have a confidence, they have a belief that they can do it. And here's the thing: this has been like a a work in progress from the FAI anyway. Because again, John Delaney is fucked off because he can't find any more tits to sniff, uh, start coke off. So you have all these other people coming in now who are like thinking, oh, we can do something like how Belgium or Iceland did our kind of football. It's going to take a long time, but. Let's bring out a first generation to see proof of concept. Um, and the thing is, it's working. Okay, listen, we don't have enough strikers to probably score, to proper score, start scoring goals. but And the opposition we've had have not been that great in a sense. But it's a start. All you can ask for is a start. And again, whatever happens in the Nations League or the Euros afterwards, it, this is a building block. You, you can see from where, if we, if we completely stuff Luxembourg in the last game, you can actually chart the improvement from, from Luxembourg game to Luxembourg game. That's a very good barometer. And again, in the Portugal game, we probably should have deserved more than one point out of those two games. You know, Serbia, fair enough. We're out muscled off the ball. There's no denying that. But in those games, you could actually see we were getting better. The, the, my issue is that the likes of Lee and Brady are too perjured to find improvement in Northern squads. Liam Brady defines success by qualifying for the World Cup or Euro, Europa Championships by any means necessary. It doesn't matter how you play, just as long as you get there. And that is such an archaic FAI mindset because they're too busy chasing money. They're too busy chasing, oh, oh, the Irish lads are here. Let's sell those tickets off at fucking face value and, yeah. you know, rip off everyone else in the process. You know, it's not about that anymore. We actually, like, have people in charge now who, you know, shockingly, want to play good football honestly honestly in Irish football lads can you believe it no I, I can't either that's that that's shocking thing. I actually can't believe it and neither can anyone else so this is like such a culture shock to everyone to see a team actively trying 
like crucially trying to play football and doing it. Like, yeah, have you ever very seen well at times? Like our high press the other day. Uh, to yeah, the other night our high press was excellent. Neil, like fucking like Hendrick nutmeg Pepe. Mm-hmm. He nut and he did a backflip. Like he he did a back heel. Like he's not supposed to be doing them. Like, I think I think a lot of our results, like a lot of our goal scoring opportunities, um, kind of went astray because the team weren't switched on from minute one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple of th- there was a couple of times. Actually, funny enough, you mentioned Jeff Hendricks. I think it was on like something the seventh or eighth minute where he made a great interception, the mm. ball and brought the whole ball forward. Nobody was else was switched on because we just weren't expecting to get but the think, ball yeah. in that dangerous the position against. And Portugal were wide open. They were yeah. fucking wide open. They were like shit, shit, shit. The guy at Green's got the ball. <laughs> then fuck. And he's running, and this guy, shit, he's one of the good ones. Fuck it, get him! <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> shit, he's beating his marker. But nobody else in the team, they were like, like, oh, not a goal, ball's going the other way, I got to track back. And then they're like, oh, fuck, Jeff's actually done it. Bollocks. Yeah. And nobody oh, reacted. Yeah. And I think it, it stems from, like, actually trying to get the team to be switched on from, like, minute, like, second one. Mm. Because yeah. when we attack teams early, that's when you catch them on the hop. And we're sort of catching ourselves on the hop by playing really well. Yeah. <laughs> if you get me like, no, oh, I, I, I get, oh, I get, I exactly got the ball. Shit. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's, that's, the thing. that's what I believe there, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a different, it's a change for us that we're not used to because, again, we're told to like, we, we're kind of typecast in the sense like, oh, Ireland, they're tough to beat. You know, they're, they're, they're dogged, they'll scrappy, they'll, you know, try and like scrape a goal here and there and beat you that way. I was like, yeah, that, that's fair enough. That worked for some time. But when those players run out, like you do, like you need to have like quality there. And we're making quality from te- from players that like are kind of like secondary in the squads they're in. Again, like the bulk of that squad that went up against Portugal are championship oriented teams. A lot of them are Sheffield United, West Brom, with your Callum Robinson. Gavin Bazunu is on loan at fucking Portsmouth. You know what I mean? Like, he is a... And, and Creven Kelleher is, like, Liverpool's number two. Like, we don't have a great talent pool to work with. We're making the best out of what we have. And for any national team, that's all you can ask for. If you don't believe me, look up North. Like, Northern Ireland could still qualify for the World Cup here. You know what I mean? Like, they're still in touch. They're not, like, mathematically... Um, I think they're mathematically like, possible, but it's not going to really happen with the group they have. But the fact that they can make something out of the players that they have is that not proof that, like, if they can do it, we can do it as well? So the double, the, the weird, like, dichotomy of, like, because it isn't a big name doing it, and it's not someone that the old guard of FAI actively like, as in it's an actual football coach who believes in football. It's not just a big name who likes doing galas, but that they always wanted. You know, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a conflict of interest that, that really annoys me because... I want to listen to Liam Brady. I want to listen to all these people who 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 have such a great knowledge of football in in this um, country, but they just make it so hard because they're so perjured, you know. And <laughs> um, especially when you do look at like and again, the quality of punditry has gone way fucking down this country as well comparatively, where literally they're like like someone was passed to like two minutes of notes, and it's like that's nice. We're moving on to our next break now. It's like. Okay, fair enough. What happened to the half an hour slot we were given last time, lads? Just talk about Roy Keane's shins. No, nope, exactly, no, apparently yeah. they're gone. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there's, I suppose that's sort of the, one of the main reasons why 
in terms of like media consumption, podcasts are kind of top of my list and have been for the last five years, maybe mm. more, because you can't make any kind of point on mainstream television anymore. Like, yeah, like RT in Ireland, you've got access to quite a lot of great like voices and opinions. So you've got people like Richie Sadlier. Mm. You know, you've also got a lot of in the women's game as well. You've got lots of. Like, you got access to people. You can talk. You can follow. Yeah. Who will do this shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Richie Sadlier will do anything. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not paying about as a mercenary. The guy is actually a licensed psychotherapist. Yes. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> made, no, he does actually have a day job. He does actually yeah. work as one. You know. I don't know. Yeah. But if party say here, look, we've got a match. Do you want to do some fucking analysis on it? He'll go and do it. Like he's doing fucking podcasts. Mm. Like he'll he'll do shit for RTE, like, and they occasionally get him in. But I was like, why don't they get him in more? I was like, yeah, you're not going to get a more better, subtle, nuanced, and more insightful analysis than his. It's just madness how he's just not anywhere. Same with lots for the women's game, and same with lots for like, and it's not just fucking soccer as well. You'll see it as well in rugby as well. They just get these talking heads on. It's just crazy. It, it's more and, so the name value more than anything else. The fact that that's like, just it. Like, yeah. like, no, don't get me wrong. Funnily enough, I actually find Dunphy at times to be moderately insightful. But like he does play to his character quite a bit. I was like, it's his hot take. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually take that out of him. Like by giving him just more time to make the fucking point. And also mm. stopping him from drinking before he goes off. That, that, often <laughs> that always works <laughs> as well. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing. But yeah. That's the point. Like we've got all this talent. You could just structure it so much better and get a lot more out of it. And it's just it's fucking wasted, you know? Yeah. What we're saying is that me and Neil should be given the gig at um, RTE. So, oh, uh, fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely yes. I'd have sadly in all of the time. I'd have Dunphy yes. sober. Dunphy, I'd actually not. I wouldn't even have him in sober. I'd have him in hyper-caffeinated. I'd say, yeah, that's it. I'd Sounds say like caffeined up to the eyeballs. He'd be fucking brilliant. And I'd just yeah. let him go. And I'm just like, no, we're not cutting to a break in five minutes. Like you said there, not cutting to a break in five minutes. We're getting the full 20, 25 because these guys want to talk. They've got yeah. something to say. Talk. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, uh, we've, we've, cap- we've covered a lot in that time, Neil. We've, uh, we've solved four or five different football clubs. We've solved <laughs> football journalism. We've solved football punditry. At the very least, if we're not being signed on for, like, Ireland analysis jobs, we need either the Norwich job, yeah. Or <laughs> I can find out who Josh Sargent is. I think. Yeah, or the village job. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, sign us off or anything. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. that village job is easy. Just play all your attackers. Boom, done. I win. What do I win? Epic club. <laughs> Go full BLS <laughs> on that. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> exactly. I didn't even need a bucket to sit on. That's how good I am. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so yeah, guys, obviously we've run out of, we've uh, run out of time for uh, this episode. Um, so Neil, thank you very much for joining as ever. <gasps> And Excellent, we, yes. we we must do this again sometime. Hopefully, we'll wait a couple months. <laughs> no, we week. will we will be making this more regular. It's just I've decided to procreate because as you, you heard, have to stop doing at that. The, at the start of this, I, I had a son, so um, yeah, the kids tend to suck up a lot of your time. Uh, yeah, yes. so that, that's basically yeah. 
That's what it is. And obviously, Birdwell is too busy chasing elephants, so uh, she has more important things to do. So, mm-hmm. um, but either way, uh, guys, thank you very much for for listening to the show. If you have done, uh, if you want to listen to more of our stuff, it's all available on our Spotify. So scroll down there and find episodes who you think the title is catchy of, and just listen through and see if we were right six months ago about Manchester United. Probably yes, we were. Um, but either way, um, no, actually, that's one of the few things we were completely. We were right about, yeah. Actually, this is yeah. Gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be shit. <laughs> I'm glad. That I, I'm, I'm happy when we're right once, twice, three times. Nobody you know? gives us credit. Fuck this. Yeah, shit. exactly. Um, but either way guys thank you very much for listening uh, again b- please do follow us on Spotify if you want to hear more of the same uh, if Pokemon is your thing uh, you can listen to our Pokemon podcast Early Field Donut which is on brief hiatus but we'll be back very soon I assure you um, so by all means listen to them as well and if you were uh, discovering us for the first time on Spotify and want to hear more of myself and Neil's dulcet tones you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Monday Madness LP uh, you can also see follow us on Twitter at the same handle at Monday Mass LP. And if you're in the area and you want to see us live, um, we're not doing live shows. We're not the fucking Guardian. Relax, lads. And we have a Twitch channel, Monday Madness uh, uh, LP at Twitch.tv. So uh, give us a follow there. And whenever we're streaming stuff live, uh, you'll be the first to know. But um, until the next time we do, sit down to record one of these, Neil. Um, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Because all of that was a good football. Woo!